0: I want to challenge you today to make yourself some promises. Instead of saying, I promise to be a better Christian, why not try saying, I'm going to read the Word every day this year.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including nevo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: Well, Merry Christmas. Is everyone ready for Christmas? I can tell you that we're really not ready. We've been a little distracted. But speaking of Christmas, do you know why Santa's little helpers were, were so depressed? Yeah. It seems that they suffer from low elf esteem. Okay. Well, like I said, I've been a little distracted. Well, I know it's not even Christmas yet, but as we're winding down the year, I want to get a head start on challenging you for the, for the upcoming year. When my brother Glenn was working his way through college, he became the manager of one of the largest health clubs around here. And they had a very successful TV and radio campaign one year built around the slogan, Make Yourself a Promise. And I'll never forget how much more successful that campaign was than others that they had that revolved around New Year's resolutions. And that's what I want to want you to think about over the next several weeks. Because I know it's normal for you to consider making some changes in your life every year about this time. And we usually couch these decisions as New Year's resolutions. And we always make sure that we put eating better and exercising pretty high on the list. And if we're real, real serious, we'll put a few more things on the list, like finding a better job or... This is the year I'm going to clean out the garage or whatever. But the the problem with these resolutions is that most of the time we're, we're just going to break them. And usually it's within weeks, if not days. And then usually having failed to keep them, we usually abandon them altogether. Am I speaking to anybody? So when I say make yourself a promise, I'm not talking about the same thing as your routine New Year's resolution. I'm talking about getting serious about pursuing the potential and the purpose for your life. In many ways, it's harder to make yourself a promise than it is to make one to someone else. We tend to perform better when we're accountable to someone other than ourselves. So it's very important thing about making promises is to understand that a promise, according to Webster, is a legally binding declaration to do or not to do something specific. In other words, by definition, a promise, even to yourself, is meant to be kept. Maybe the most important thing about making yourself a promise is understanding that if you falter on your promise, it doesn't mean that you give up on your promise. It's more important, if it's important enough for you to make it, it's important enough to acknowledge your mistake, but return with even more resolve to keep your promise going forward. Our history reveals to most of us that we're not really serious about our resolutions. What is it in your life today that you know that needs to change and hasn't? What gold do you have that keeps getting sidetracked? Have you examined your life deep enough to go beyond losing 20 pounds and paying your taxes on time? I want to challenge you today to make yourself some promises. Instead of saying, I promise to be a better Christian, why not try saying, I'm going to read the word every day this year. Instead of saying, I promise to be a better giver, say, I promise to be consistent with my tithing. And Lord, I want to be generous this year. Try examining all areas of your life to see what promises you can make that will change your current course for the better. What promises can you make related to your family, to your job, or to your church? There's an old saying That he who is slow in making a promise is usually the most faithful in the performance of it. So you don't want to make yourself a promise without prayerfully thinking about it. And thinking it through. And unless you really mean it. But in the next two weeks, I want to challenge you to carefully consider what promises you can make to yourself that will find your destiny and fulfill your purpose in Jesus' name. And as long as we're talking about promises, here's one for, for you from the Lord himself. Listen to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now that's a promise.
1: Do you feel sometimes like the pressures of life have hindered your generous spirit? Stay right there. Listen as Bobby inspires you to reach out to others with your time, talent, and resources. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. What's less than two inches big, fully rechargeable, and comes in three sporty colors? It's Nebo Tools Micro Pocket Light. Impossibly bright and unbelievably small The Micro features six unique light modes Including the 400 lumen turbo mode And three LED color lighting options Red, green and white light To accommodate any situation The Micro is small enough to conceal in your hand Or fit on your key ring This powerful pocket light even comes with a stainless steel necklace chain To keep this light with you wherever you go Choose red, black or silver to match your personal style find nebo tools intensely bright lights and flashlights including the tiny yet powerful micro pocket light at batteries plus bulbs outlets in hardware stores everywhere and online at Nebotools.com. tools.com that's nebo tools.com use the promo code christian radio and receive a 10 percent discount on your order at work home or play for the ultimate in flashlights let nebo light your way and now back to on the bright side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman 's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith
0: that I want to take a moment to share with you on the power of generosity you know i 've been fortunate in my life to to have had some very generous people around and in, and in every case and i 'm sure you have too, but in every case, these are people who, who I admire and that Uh, I want to be like and because of them I've made it a point to notice and to study people who have the gift of generosity and in studying the phenomenon of generosity I've found that sometimes even generous people don't know why they're generous or why it's such a good thing to be generous or why it's a big deal that they are generous they just naturally tend to be that way But did you know that there are lots of very good reasons why we should all be generous people? Now, first of all, generosity is defined several ways. Webster says it's the habit of giving. Others define it as a willingness to give. I found one definition that said it's a spirit of giving. But in all cases... Generous people are consistent givers, not only with their money, not only with their money, but with their time and their talents. So why should we all be generous? Well, the first reason to be generous is because it emulates a characteristic of Jesus Christ. Who is more generous than Christ? Who has been more generous to you than Jesus Christ? The word says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. When Christ walked this earth and since he lives in us, no one ever gave of himself like he did. If we're serious about following Christ, we must learn to give of ourselves generously. And that's enough reason right there to be generous. But there's more. The next reason is because generosity defeats materialism in our own life. The word says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It also says that you can't serve both God and money. You see, God knows that man by himself will always struggle with temptations of material things. But by exercising generosity in our lives, we can overcome that. By placing the needs of others above our own desires, we come to know that the most important things in life are not things. And another reason is because generosity strengthens our faith. It creates a bonding experience with the Lord. The Word says you're giving... Prove the reality of your faith. When we give generously, we know that we are tapping into principles and promises that God has for us and that we will experience how they work in our life. And finally, generous giving is an investment in today and eternity. Did you know that? The word gives us many references to how giving blesses us in our daily life. It says, give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. And the Apostle Paul said, whoever whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So generosity comes back to us in blessings. But what is more exciting than that? Is how generosity has benefits that go beyond this life. Our generosity doesn't determine how we get to heaven. Our acceptance of Christ who died for our sins does that. But the Lord said, Don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The Lord wants us to develop a kingdom mentality. And he wants us to understand that our generous spirit is an investment in this life and the next. You know, when I was about 19 years old, I'd started my first business. And I messed up with my largest customer who was a very wise and successful businessman. And I couldn't afford to fix the problem I created. It would essentially put me out of business. So I went to him and I told him I was sorry. And I couldn't fix it. But I would do anything he asked me to. He said, Bob, I know you can't fix the problem. And I'm going to take care of this for you. Because I believe you'll learn something from it. I never forgot that tremendous act of generosity to me. And what I learned was one of the greatest lessons of my life. You see, the power of generosity in our life doesn't have anything to do with what we give up of what we have. It's about how our life is enriched because of our generosity to others. And what we can become by emulating the character of Christ in our daily life. Do you sometimes feel like the pressures of life have hindered your generous spirit? Do you say, I wish I could be more generous, but I just can't? If that's you, you're letting the enemy defeat you in this area of your life. I know the Lord will help you get your generous spirit breathing alive in your life again. We simply have to reach out to others with our time and our talent, and with whatever resources we have. And when we do that, this generous spirit that's inspired by God will stir us and, and change us. And God will bless you in ways that you can not even imagine. And when we do that, I promise you, Something good will happen in Jesus' name.
1: Coming up next, find out how God can accomplish 100% of what he wants to do in the local church through our obedience. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side.
0: What I am trying to do is to speak some knowledge and some encouragement to everyone on the subject of tithing and of giving and of their finances. Now I know many of you were enlightened as I was by Mr. McGregor's message on tithing. It reminded me of the old TV show called Dragnet. You remember that? Where Detective Joe Friday used to say, Just the facts, ma'am. Because Malcolm w- went right to the Word of God, straight up. No nonsense about tithing. I love that. There were five powerful truths in his message. I want to bring back to your attention today in just a mo- for just a moment. The first one was that the tithe, the 10% of our income, is holy unto the Lord you see tithing is God's concept and it goes all the way back to the beginning we first hear about it in the book of Genesis God had a reason for the tithe and it was never meant to be logical to man and it was never meant to just honor God the second powerful truth in this message is that the number one reason people don't tithe Is because they say they can't afford to you see God knows that through the ages it's always been a struggle for most people to meet their needs or pay their bills therefore it requires us to have faith to exercise the discipline of tithing tithing will always feel like the right thing to do but tithing won't always be the comfortable thing to do the third thing is if we tithe first, we can do more with 90% of our income than in partnership with God than we'll ever do with 100% without God's blessing. And when we don't tithe, God doesn't intervene in our finances and will allow the devourer that, yes, that would be the enemy, that would be Satan, that would be the devil, the devourer to steal from us. And you may say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if you don't believe that because the Word says it. And it says, when you tithe, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground. And the fourth truth is if everyone tithes, listen to this, God can accomplish 100% of what he wants to do in the local church. Now, I love this part. We learned that in biblical times everyone tithed into the storehouse and that the storehouse today that would be the local church was a giving and receiving place. Because when everybody tithed there was ample provision for running the business of the temple and there was ample provision for the people in their time of need. And that's what God wants their church to be like today. A giving and receiving place. And it may be an indictment. But the difference between what could be accomplished in our community and what is accomplished by our church is usually due to the lack of resources caused by only partial participation in tithing. And the fifth powerful truth is this tithing is a faith principle. It's always been a faith principle. And this may be hard for you to accept. But when we don't tithe, and especially when we don't because we say we can't afford to, God views this as saying, we don't trust you. You see, when God installed the tithe, He was creating a way for those who love him and for those who trust him to have an advantage in life. He wanted to give us a surefire way to enjoy a blessed and abundant life. And all we had to do was follow a simple instruction and have faith in his word. You know, there's no place in the scriptures where God allows you to test him, much less invites you to. But in Malachi, in reference to the tithe, he does exactly that. And I love the way that Malcolm McGregor recites it. The scripture says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you, and you, and you, and you, a blessing, until there's just no more need. I would love to tell Malcolm McGregor, in person, how much I appreciate the clarity of his teaching, but I can't. Because after he gave the message that you all heard, here at Bethesda some 20 years ago. Just a few days before he was to return here to speak again, he was tragically killed in an auto accident. But I think he would be pleased to know that his message is alive and active in a place called Bethesda where people know that the tithe is holy unto the Lord you know there's an old saying it goes like this we first make our habits and then our habits make us tithing is a habit and it's the best one you'll ever develop